Welcome to the Ready Yeti Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. Hey guys, and welcome to episode number 221, wow, of the Ready Yeti Podcast. I'm your host, Matt DeLobono. This week, I've had the pleasure of sitting down with Jeff Polk. He's the co-founder of GCI Outdoor. Some of you might be familiar with GCI, some of you might not, but GCI has been around for almost 25 years. They are a longtime innovator in the outdoor space, making outdoor furniture now as a whole, but they started with chairs, camping chairs, uh, making really high quality camping chairs that solve specific problems. It's always really interesting to talk to founders or just people who are with companies for so long, um, kind of seeing how they stay relevant. Um, keep on innovating. Luckily, Jeff kind of walks us through it. It's a really interesting story he has to tell about actually how they got started initially. And um, he dives into what it actually takes to keep on tweaking and coming out with new products that are still relevant without going overboard and getting lost in the minutia of things. Um, Without further ado, we'll just jump right into it. Guys, enjoy this episode with co-founder of GCI Outdoor, Jeff Polk. Jeff, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I really appreciate it. For all of our listeners here, who are you? <laughs> so we are uh, GCI Outdoor, and I'm one of the co-founders of it. Uh, I uh, found it with one of my best friends growing up. Uh, we've known each other since we've been four, and uh, we're ready to tell you our story. All right, we're ready to hear it. What is GCI Outdoor? Uh, great chair innovators. That's that's what it is. And uh, we do an incredible job on uh, reinventing the chair for numerous uses, mostly outdoor, portable, on-the-go type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been successful with um, basically building some uh, new innovations that people just, you know, you never really have not many people that sit out there, but it's pretty much everybody. So uh, oh, yeah. there's, a chair, there's a chair for everybody. How did you guys think to start this? What was the, you know, the layup to saying, hey, let's, you know, make a better chair? My, uh, my business partner, Dan Grace, um, the famous Dan Grace, actually, according to a lot of Chinese engineers, <laughs> um, he uh, was at a golf tournament in our hometown. Um, we were together and uh, he was sitting on a hillside for some stadium grass seating uh, around the 18th hole. It started to rain a little bit. He got a case of a little wet ass and he's like, why isn't there a chair for this? So he went home, uh, took a lawn chair, sawed off the back legs, and he had a chair that he could sit on a hillside with. And that's how the whole company started. It, it's kind of incredible how the most, you know, the, the innovations that kind of take you down like this winding path always start with the simplest problem. You know, <laughs> exactly. Sitting on a hill. Yeah. Right. You know, and then you... And then you meet the people along the way that's, ah, you know, how many times are you going to be sitting on a hill, you know, what, but what you don't you realize when you're in the camping and outdoor industry, you know, you're never really on level flat ground at any campground, you know, it's very rare. So, uh, yeah. it, it, it just became, uh, one of these things where the, the marketplace opened up for us with music festivals that were always on slanted ground or beaches or someplace where you just needed a kind of an adjustment to get your level. So you weren't having a backache, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and especially like when you are in that situation, you're probably there for a couple hours and you're going to wish you wanted something. I mean, even if you use it a couple times, the couple times you use it will be worth every penny. 
Well, comfort's a big thing, right? That that yeah. allows you to stay there for long periods of time. You know, I don't know if you last time you sat in a bleacher, but literally <laughs> within within three to four minutes, you're readjusting because you get uncomfortable. You know, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, what is your background in personally? Uh, did you kind of kickstart your career with uh, GCI Outdoor? Did you you know dabble in something semi-related? Was it totally new venture? Yeah, it was definitely totally new, but um, I am a, a marketing management major from college, uh, also a business administration major. Um, I had a family business that was uh, retail, uh, wine and booze. Um, I came from that. We were a medium-sized store. My father's had the store for almost 50 years now. Um, and I had a great upbringing in learning what it was like to be uh, a medium guy in a group of you know big behemoths, you know, always trying to grab market share. And uh, he taught me a lot of great things along the way about, you know, retaining customers and knowing their first names and all this service stuff that we kind of take pride in here at GCI um, kind of went to that. And then I took my marketing and put that to work. And then you obviously hire people that you think and hopefully are smarter than you that can take you to another place where you can't. And uh, over the years, it's really, you know, our, our employees have been everything to us. So, uh, you know, my personal experience was, was, basically grinding, you know, I used to work three jobs. I didn't really care much about doing anything else because I always wanted that money in my pocket. And, um, my business partner has a, has an engineering background and, uh, he worked at another corporation, but we both had a side of, you know, we don't want to be managed by anybody else. We want to be our own boss. So, uh, we had a legit partnership. It's really been tremendous. You said, um, you knew your business partner since you were four. Yeah. Yeah. We were in the same nursery school together. Yeah. That's, it's kind of incredible that you guys have these complementary skills to make this kind of product. You have, I mean, new industry, as you mentioned, but you kind of had all the tools to, to build everything. It's almost like a match made in heaven, huh? Well, the, the engineering and, and the sales background, um, we did learn something in a partnership. If we were doing the same thing, we'd end up arguing more about it. So huh. um, that is kind of why I trust him. He trusts me. We do our things and, you know, our teams come together and, and, and it makes things work. But uh, the whole key with partnerships working is, is there's compromise. And there's also, you got to work with someone that doesn't have a skill set that you have because yeah. why, why need two of me? You know, that's not going to, that's not, that's not getting me to the other place that I need to get to. And, uh, our families are very similar. They're, they're, you know, we come from together families, uh, brothers, sisters, you know, everything's pretty much aligned for a common value system, um, which is also very important. Um, we were never the high greed guys that wanted to go out and just, you know, I want to make a million bucks today. I want to make a million bucks. That wasn't really the thought process. It was really about how do we keep growing the company and how do we keep, you know, have an impact on people's lives by hiring more people. I mean, and it's really, you know, when they want to talk about the great American story, I'm letting you know. I absolutely have lived it, uh, and I'm very thankful for it. Hey, nothing good uh, comes without work. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, getting back to the product side of things, um, you guys started with a, a pretty niche-specific product almost 25 years ago. Um, also, you yeah. know, congratulations. That's a pretty substantial milestone. How did you develop your products? I mean, there's, there's, it's, you guys have a lot of specialty products. Um, I know that we got our hands on uh, the rocker. We're to feature on a first look. Um, really excited to, to dig into that. But even, I mean, it seems like you expanded into just outdoor furniture in general. I know you offer some different tables. Um, what went into just developing all your products? 
So for, first is ideation, right? How do you, what's the idea? What are we thinking about? What are we looking to do? Being in the furniture market, and if you, if you want a, a relatively easy pathway um, to success within the retail sector, you're going to try to apply things that, that the, the buyer that buys your stuff now is going to be the buyer that buys your stuff in the future. Um, having to go through another door at a, at a big retail outlet is very difficult to get multiple departments to carry your stuff. So stay the course in the front end, which we did. So we basically worked off this platform of portable furniture, what else is included in it, you know? So we started with the hillside chair. We went to a product called the quickie seat and, uh, they were both driven by event venues, uh, golf tournaments. You know, we were the official chair of the U S open Ryder cup and, PGA championship. Um, and that took us to an area where when we were starting out, we sold directly to people at events. Um, we were basically making pasta money, right? Cause we're, we're starting this company and you know, we didn't have much to go buy besides a $25,000 local loan that we got from a bank. And, uh, as time went on, we started to realize the impact of events was the weather. You know, we screen print all these products ready to sell and all of a sudden it rains and no one shows up. We got, we got stuck with a ton of inventory we can't resell. So we started to expand out into retail stores. Um, but the, the product line was always established from a portable furniture thought process uh, and keeping us in the lane with the, with the buyer being common because that's the, the key relationship to building your business. Did you see a lot of competition when you guys got started? We, See, we didn't. Um, there was one company, Max Sports, out there that came out with this. I think they used to call it the uh, whatever, whatever chair. It was on QVC and stuff. It was a chair in a bag, but it was never comfortable. Mm. Um, and uh, it wasn't really kind of in our wheelhouse. We actually did not come out with a chair with a bag until like five years ago, six years ago. Huh. We just weren't, we, we just didn't want to be what we would call the disposable furniture market. We always wanted a higher price point. Um, we wanted quality and we wanted people to recognize us as the, the go-to brand for if you want something that's long lasting, you go with GCI. If you're looking to use it for a day and, and either break it or throw it out, you're going to go with, you know, this brand over here. Um, that pathway has, has been a tremendous platform for us to build on because uh, a lot of those companies that are throwaways now, they're not even in business anymore. And we're, we're, we're kind of building business. We're not building just products. And you have to have both in order to build business. You have to have a, a quality supply chain on top of a quality business plan up front who you're selling through and to. I, I guess with that said, I guess it is easier when you're actively looking to solve a problem. I mean, even with your first product, you, there was a specific purpose for it. It wasn't just a, hey, you know what? People need chairs, let's make some chairs. Correct. We, we get a lot of ideas now um, from uh, our retailers that see other trending things in the marketplace that are selling good, but the product's not that great. So we, we may uh, expand on saying, Hey, listen, you know, that's a good one, but we, we got a really good idea over here. And, and it used to be whatever you can make, we can make smaller. And uh, that, was, that was our first model, you know, and, and it worked out very well um, because that's money coming overseas and shipping and all this cost mm -hmm. that gets involved in it. So we had a kind of a price advantage with that. You know, you could literally, because you could land ours for $2 less, we're end up being in the same category price wise as something that was, you know, not so great of a product. So uh, retailers were always kind of like, you know, a little bit itchy about uh, retail prices and what's it going to sell for, you know, they never wanted to get too high. So, um, but 
you know, the, the, the foundation of our company is, is absolutely, we're driven by innovation. And uh, we, we now average between four and five new products every single year. Um, and we're going to continue the trend. Uh, we, we, we are not stopping. Uh, you know, that rocker platform has is, is exploded for us. And uh, now people are, don't even want to spend $50. They, they look at another chair from another company. If it doesn't rock, they don't want to buy it. <laughs> it's great. How do you how do you keep up with that though? I mean, it it's one thing. It's not like you guys are just adding more cup holders, right? It's it's it is like tweaking the I guess ergonomics of the chair, and making it more correct, comfortable. correct. But but how do you how do you keep up with it? Is just kind of testing the yeah. like this could be more comfortable, so let's do this. Is that it? So th- there is a comfort value proposition there. Don't get me wrong, but the big proposition is is who's who's the crowd we're going to sell this one to. Oh. And, 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 and you don't uh, want to have a product come in and take sales away from one of the other products you have. And, and frankly, if you're going to do that, the retailer is not going to sell them side by side anyways. They're going to sell the one that's going to be more profitable for them. So you really want to be in a situation where you can have a cool innovation and have a new crowd of people coming in and buying them through that retail outlet or through other outlets. For instance, our we have a, a, a rocker called the pod rocker. We first came out with it. We're like, Oh, this is going to be amazing. Blah, 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 this and that the sales were okay on it. But then we started trending on college campuses and now college kids all across the country are loving these things for their dorm room. Cause they can bring them from the dorm room to the tailgate and it's, and it's cool looking and it's fun. So these type of things we look at when we're looking to launch new things, we do take needs out there. We do take advice from people say, hey, listen, you should consider this category over here. Um, but we won't do it if we can't have a uh, patented with a utility patent idea behind it. Because we believe our, our patents are everything to us. And you yeah. know, we, we, we fight vehemently with, with companies that think they can knock us off. And, and we've gotten the reputation. Don't, don't play around with GCI. You're going to get a lawsuit. The patent market in the uh, outdoor industry could be pretty brutal. I feel like since everyone's kind of coming up with this proprietary technology, it, it seems like yep. you know anyone will try to to grab an idea from you. Correct. It's um, yep. yeah, yeah. There, there's there's been a lot of um, talk about people trying to copy our uh, rocker platform. Uh, a few people have made attempts in other different ways that have really been kind of hokey. Um, we still uh, are are in you know some type of a uh a infringement lawsuit with those companies mm-hmm. um and we're fine with that we we just we we just believe hey listen if you, if you want a good idea don't take ours you know w- with that th- they could take your idea but they you guys have been around for 25 years anyway so you know you Correct. really can't take the experience and when it comes to that you know for all your successes i'm sure you guys have had your own share of, you know, failures and just kind of knowing what not to do. There's kind of be value there. Yeah. We have a, also uh, a carve out in the marketplace now that when someone tries to enter the market where we are, mm-hmm. um, they have to go up against us and try to squeeze one of us out and squeezing one of our products out is going to be very, very difficult, very difficult. What is, I mean, I, I know already, you know, you guys are, specifically building products that last you said it yourself you're not doing these one-off walmart chairs but what is um if any gci outdoor uh outdoors commitment to sustainable manufacturing 
Good question. Um, it's a very difficult process when you're dealing with metals. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know some of the packaging is, is we're being demanded by some retailers to have some type of a recycled piece of cardboard or no cardboard, just printing on fabric, um, PVC free, uh, PBA free. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a few things out there that are, uh, at this point, not murmurs, but they're in writing. They just haven't really enforced it yet. Um, we don't own our own manufacturing facilities, so it's very difficult for us to say we have to implement this, this, and this. Um, unfortunately, we do make it overseas. Of course, I would love to make it in the US of A, but um, we'd be talking very expensive items at that time. Um, I am number one for you know saving the longevity of our, of our planet Earth. Um, I do think a lot of this information gets misconstrued out there. Um, this Earth is going through life cycles, right? And uh, our life cycle has been a couple hundred years. We've probably been measuring temperature and that other stuff for probably what, a hundred years. Um, so I, I can't tell you if this is global warming, global cooling, or just global what it is. Um, I, I like to be in the middle of things and get the facts. There are facts that the earth is getting warmer, right? There is. Does that mean it's global warming or does that mean that the earth is going through its life cycle right now of a warming process where Next year, it could change to a cooling process. I have no idea. Um, I'll, I'll leave that up to the scientists, but uh, we we will do what we can to uh, have sustainable uh, uh, process with within our factory and their making and manufacturing of our stuff. It just depends on how far we can push it. One thing that I, I mean, this is a question I try to ask every brand on here just because it's kind of a hot topic and it's kind of interesting because I think we're in a, place where there are a lot of changes to uh, product manufacturing yep. from, you know, just the efficiency and, um, yep. you know, sustainability. I, I think that people forget that sustainability doesn't really come from just recycled materials. There's like a whole system involved and, you know, a lot like stepping away from the disposable chairs in and of itself, is a step towards sustainability. One of the things that I actually particularly like about these chairs is that um, the the rocker that we have that there's just like a a built-in shoulder strap and a built-in clip to keep it closed. There's no bag. Yeah. Um, I, right. I mean, it's simple, but it really does. You know, think about how many people are buying the chairs, how many people get that bag, and I whenever I get a carrying bag like that, I never use it because you got to take the time to stuff it in there. It gets caught on it. It's a pain in the ass. So, I mean, I, I, there's a lot of ways to look at and talk about sustainability. And I think that, you know, the way you guys are handling it, having a product that can last is, you know, it's a step. It's better than nothing. And there's a long road to make improvements over time. So that's, I applaud you for that. There is another part of that, which is, which is a pretty effective tool that we have. Um, uh, we try to sell, um, we get new retailers is that uh, as a company, we have a defective rate of less than 1%. It's, it's hmm. literally a gold, if not a platinum standard in uh, the industry. The majority of the people and the companies out there have around a 5% effective rate. Wow. So we're crushing it. And, and there is a reason for that. Our products are 100% engineered. Every single thing that every piece of material that goes into our products is fully inspected before it's put on the manufacturing floor to make sure it meets our standards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean... It's a big deal. 
you know, and I, and and I do appreciate the compliment on on there are other different ways of 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 uh, achieving a hundred hundred percent sustainable uh, product. Um, you're right. The manufacturing process is just a part of it, but if if you have less to it, you're you're off to a start of of appreciating it. Oh yeah, yeah. it it fights. I mean, one of the biggest battles in sustainability, in my eyes, um, is consumerism as a whole. I mean, it's, it's trying to find the balance of having a customer. You don't, you know, you want them to come back, but you also don't want them to be endlessly, you know, in this case, buying furniture that keeps on breaking. You know, right. you want, I'm sure I, I talked to, um, you know, I was talking to a, another brand last week and we were talking a bit about how you make a good product that performs really well. People will come back. They will. And yeah, it's as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, they will. They want that too. They don't want to throw it. They don't want to throw anything. I get people all the time that have had our chair for 10 years. I mean, the fabric might be ripping a little bit because normal wear and tear isn't, isn't covered under our lifetime warranty. Yeah. And uh, they literally want me to send them a canvas. They don't want a chair. And, I, and we, we offered to replace their chair for them. And, uh, you know, there are people that are like, I'm not doing it. I am not doing it. Yeah. Because then, then they just have the shell of the chair. They're just like the skeleton of the chair. And they're like, oh, what do I do with this? It's kind of kind of works. I don't want to, yeah. <laughs> exactly. What has been the hardest part about starting and running GCI Outdoor? Um, staying true to operations, you know. Just, you mm -hmm. know, your mind, your mind can go to uh, a lot of different places. I happen to be, you know, the, uh, the operational manager here, as well as on top of uh, sales and marketing, but I have sales marketing distribution. Um, and, uh, it's a, it's a big responsibility and, and quality assurance over in China too, in production. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of stuff to do. Um, but you have to know your competition better than you know yourself. That's the whole key to this whole thing. And I, tell my people all the time we have to get more intel on what everybody else is doing and why and why we're not there and they're there um and the struggle always is is, is someone's passion doing the same thing that i have passion doing it about you know i obviously being an owner of a company um i'm going to want to do as much as i can i'm not sure every owner thinks that way but you know we're servant leaders here for our employees you know without them we would be nothing but to get them to have the same mindset as us is also very difficult, especially over 25 years, you know, but we've had 60% of our staff has been with us for longer than a decade. You know, I, I don't, I don't look as work as work. This is just my life and what it unravels to. And uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you've made uh, along your career? <laughs> so uh, probably our first, our first experience was uh, one year in, we were at the Super Show, which used to be uh, in Atlanta, which was a major trade show for sporting goods and lawn and garden. And uh, Sam's Club Mexico wanted to sell our first chair as a beach chair, and they also wanted us to source them beach umbrellas. We got, in, we got enticed and dragged in by this behemoth and this purchase order for a few hundred thousand dollars in, you know, day 90 of the company, you know. And... We agreed and, you know, we made it work out. We, we were pretty smart in the pricing part of it and all this stuff. Um, but all of a sudden, the vendor guide came to us. And the thing is like the size of an encyclopedia. And we're like, holy cow, look at this stuff we got to do. <laughs> so needless to say, we accepted it. 
the story doesn't stop there. So they got into the clubs. They didn't sell that great, the other uh, chairs. So they're like, you guys got to make a video, Spanish speaking, on how to use your product so they could put these in the, in the clubs there. We're like, are you kidding me? So me and my business partner, Connecticut Shoreline, month of, month of November, trying to make a, a beach video for these chairs. I mean, we still have the video. We, we show our employees all the time. Like, listen, this, these, are, these are the things you do to get out of something. It's, it's totally classic. He's, he's the voiceover. I'm the guy in the, in the video. Um, and uh, after that deal, we're like, we are not dealing with these big companies anymore. That, that was, so an experience, but a mistake, because it was just too much to chew, right? Yeah. And, and then, and then after that, uh, we tried to get into a partnership with uh, the biggest, uh, beach chair company. And, uh, that was like an 08. Um, we thought they were East coast guys, our values would align, but you know, things weren't aligning that well after we got into it and some things happened. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, um, we had to do it for survival at the time. And then once we got out of it is when our whole growth spurt started. So, uh, a mistake turned into a positive for us there, but we, we had a great, I mean, if you ever talk about anybody that, that is getting involved in a partnership with somebody, have a tremendous exit strategy that's outlined in a contract. It's, it's as, it's equally as important as the sign on. Yeah. And, uh, we, we survived that and it's been tremendous ever since kind of reinvigorated us. So no more overdubbed, uh, beach videos in the late fall, huh? Yeah, no, no. If you've seen this thing, you'd be, it's, it's a classic for anybody learning on, on what to do and not to do. Know yourself, stay true to yourself. That's it's right. A lesson there. That's right. Know what you can do. Yeah. Um, speaking of what advice would you give someone that wanted to start a business in the outdoor industry? Um, Make it different. Make it innovative. If you have a, a good idea and you, you feel true to it, don't let people say no. And don't don't understand that that's part of life. And you can sell anything. And I mean anything. There is a marketplace for it. You have to find it. Hmm. The outdoor industry is a tight niche of, of retailers, or it used to be. I'm not sure you know, what COVID has done to it, but I know with no trade shows, it gets very difficult for them to basically flex their chest and we're a great community of outdoor companies. Yeah. Um, you be true to you. Don't let outside forces influence you to think or do things differently than you have a gut feeling you should be doing. Um, there's a lot of naysayers. There's a lot of people that want to tell you how to do things learn have an open mind and if you can find a business partner that doesn't have the same skill set as you yeah Uh, that's all great stuff i like that yeah um okay it looks like we have time for one more question jeff what is the best part about running gci outdoor absolutely uh contribution to uh, our employees lives we have made a huge impact for kids uh, going to college kids going to private schools, uh, family, medical benefits, um, vacations. Mm-hmm. We, we take so much pride and so much thankfulness into having a staff that we, we were very, very giving to our employees. We are very bonus driven. Uh, we, we like them achieve new heights. We're very organized. We, we make sure we set expectations. We do reviews every single year. Um, for me and my business partner, um, 
I am so thankful our thought process is about our employees and not a selfish thought process, which a lot of people have. We're very, very thankful for that. Yeah, you mentioned it a, a couple times, and you can kind of tell that you guys are really like uh, team oriented. Yeah, uh, I really like that. I mean, it does take a village, right? Oh, absolutely. It, it would probably be more than a village. Um, and it also takes, you got to treat them right every day. You got to find something yeah. positive every day. You got to compliment them. You got to reprimand properly where it's, it's, it's not reprimand is not a, a bad word. It just means that they, they have to learn another way of doing something that they didn't know they couldn't do it that way. Yeah. And I, I remember, you know, multiple times are we say, okay, reviews coming up this week. It's always the same time of year, every year, it's end of the year. And, you know, new employees would be shitting their pants. So be like, you know, what are you shitting your pants about? You know, this, <laughs> if, if you come into this review and there's something we're talking about that is on a negative side and you don't already know about it, I didn't do my job as a manager and an owner. That's yeah. how we look at it. And, you know, these, these little things, you'd be shocked at how far they go with, with how an employee feels about where they work. We have multiple employees say it's the best place I've ever worked in my life. I love it here. That's and, it's, uh, and it's great for us. It's great that we hear that type of feedback. Um, but we're, we're also very thankful that people work hard for us. You know, that's, that's a, that's a big deal. Yeah. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on. Um, for anyone listening, where's the best place for people to find out more about uh, GCI outdoor, just pick up some chairs. Well, gcioutdoor.com, you can start there. That could be a quick catalog video uh, library for you, or you can purchase on there. Um, and we are available at major retailers such as, you know, REI or Dick Sporting Goods, Academy Sports and Outdoors or Amazon. And price is consistent out there. We do have a map policy. So don't think you're overpaying on one site than the other. You're not. Absolutely incredible. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on again. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Ready Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.